Hey everybody, Brian McClanahan here. Are you looking for a great educational website? Then go to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll free of charge. Get a free class, 10 Myths of American History when you do enroll. Look, I've got awesome classes there. Classes on the Constitution, classes on the Civil War, classes on secession, classes on American history. A whole slew of great stuff just waiting for you. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com, enroll, and get a real history education. Oliver Anthony's Rich Men North of Richmond is taking the country by storm. What does that mean for American politics and, of course, American music? I'll talk about that on this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. Why are there? Give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. Support the show by going to McClanahan Academy. You already heard about that. But, of course, use that coupon code JACKSON. Get reading Andrew Jackson, $70 off in the month of August 2023. It's the lowest price you ever get it. It's my newest class. You're going to want it. It's an awesome class. And it gets into some of the stuff we're going to talk about today with American music. But reading Andrew Jackson, 70 bucks off. Use the coupon code Jackson. You can also support the show by clicking on the support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Go to Spotify for podcasters. You can subscribe there. Or you can click on the super thanks button on YouTube if you're watching there. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Let people know you love it. Share it around on social media. Give it that five-star review. Leave a text review wherever you can. Also, comment on YouTube for the algorithm and send me those show requests. I do want to see what you want to hear. All right. Well, we got a new song, and of course, the left hates it. It's Rich Men North of Richmond. Now, what I find fascinating about this song, or at least the reaction to it, in some ways is the lack of understanding about American politics. So I want to talk about that put the song in context and also give you some background, of course, with American political songs. Of course, immediately after the song came out, Rolling Stone, within a day or so, Rolling Stone, after it blew up on social media, Rolling Stone magazine wrote a hit piece on it. Of course they would, because they don't really understand it. You see, rich men north of Richmond speaks to a certain type of American, a Jeffersonian American, a Southern American, or at least it comes from the South. You see, you can't divorce Oliver Anthony, who's now written the song from the South. In fact, he has a great song on his channel, Virginia, which is just a beautiful song. And, and this song is going to get all the traction. He's got some others. He's a young guy from Farmville, Virginia, lives on a, some land out there and worked at a factory. Uh, so he's a very blue-collar, rural background. And I think that's what people don't get about this. And even Anthony himself said he's always been down the middle politically. Why? Well, because when the conservatives took office and they started beating the war drums, he didn't like that. What he's really admitting there is that he's an old traditional conservative. He's a southern conservative, a Jeffersonian conservative. And that's, again, the the beauty of it all. There is some complexity and some richness to this song that's being lost on most people that just hear it and think, oh, it's an anti-tax song, anti-welfare song, uh, you know, these kind of things, anti-Jeffrey Epstein. And of course, 
Anthony speaks to that in a little introductory video. He talks about how he thought about human trafficking and these kind of things, how bad that is. And of course, people starving and homelessness and all of these problems we see in America. And he is right, though. He says these are just a symptom of the disease. Everyone can see something is wrong, but they don't know what it is. And you know what? People have been saying that for over 200 years. They know what's wrong. They can see what's wrong. And of course, in the 19th century, they had correctly identified it. What we don't do anymore is call it out for what it is. That's the tragedy of it all. And of course, that what it is is a particular type of American called a Yankee. It's Yankeeism that is the real issue. Now, I know I have a lot of northern people who listen to this, and they think I'm picking on them. I'm not. I'm picking on a peculiar type of northern, not just a northerner who's a Jeffersonian at all. I mean, there's a lot of good northerners out there, good Jeffersonians. They were there in the 19th century. This is a peculiar type of American from New England stock who had an imperialistic view of the world. He wanted to make the world like him. And of course, ultimately that came down to a number of things. Economics, social cues, all kinds of stuff. Culture. They really wanted to control American societies. If you go and take an American literature class, you're going to get mostly northern literature because supposedly there's nothing good in the South. And if we go back to where that came from, it essentially stemmed from William Gilmore Sims being canceled in the lead up to the uh, War for Southern Independence. That was the problem. Sims who was going on a northern tour, was canceled. Why? Because he didn't agree with Uncle Tom's Cabin. And that was it. There was no discussion. There was no uh, uh, intellectual debate. There was nothing. It was just, we don't agree with you, so we're canceling you. And we see that all the time now. Northerners were willing, New Englanders in particular, have always been willing to cancel things they don't like. They canceled Christmas, for example. That's the Puritan in them. They canceled anything fun. And in England itself, they canceled dancing and newspapers and music and all kinds of things. They canceled all that stuff. They didn't like that. You see, cancel culture is, a, is an outgrowth of New England America. I've said this before on my social media. If you start promoting New England uh, Republicans and New England reformers, and this is for conservatives who do it all the time, you're actually conceding the field to the modern woke authoritarians because that's what they are. This is where it comes from. Uh, people don't get it, but that's the root of it all. And of course, Americans for years have understood this. They know it. They sense there's something wrong. There's something off. It's the rich men north of Richmond, but in reality, it's not just that. And while Anthony's song is fun, if you haven't heard it, Rich Men North of Richmond, I've got it in the title of the podcast because it is blowing up. In fact, it was the number one song on uh, iTunes and I will say that one of the listeners of this show, I think, did, did more to promote this than anyone else immediately. And uh, he put it on his Twitter account, and it blew up. And uh, he doesn't have a huge following, but that, that tweet had been viewed millions of times. And, of course, then it was picked up by other big accounts, and Oliver Anthony took off. And that's an amazing thing. Of course, he's got a couple other songs in the top ten now on iTunes, um, it's it's an amazing story for a guy that writes songs. He's a singer-songwriter from Farmville, Virginia. It shows you the power of social media, number one, but it also shows you things that resonate with people. I've read the comments on this song. People cry when they hear it. They, it, it appeals to them because it is a blue-collar, working-class type of song that 
thumbs its nose at American society. Now, Anthony himself has said that one of his greatest influences is Hank Williams Jr. And if you're not familiar with Hank Williams Jr.'s catalog of music, in fact, Rolling Stone then, in their little hit piece, which I'm not going to, well, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll read a portion of it, but in their hit piece on the song, let, let me get into that. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and get to that part because I thought it was it was interesting. Let me just go ahead and read this uh, this piece. It came out August 11th, um, almost immediately after the song was released. And the title is Right Wing Influencers Just Found Their Favorite New Country Song. And it's by Joseph Hudak. And rich men north of Richmond, a singing farmer in Virginia, blasts high taxes and obese people on welfare. And even appears to allude to Jeffrey Epstein. You see, this is all they get. They're not getting the critique of what what uh, Oliver Anthony's really talking about here is Joseph Hudak. This is a cultural tune. It's a cultural tune. You see, what all these people are really afraid of, before I get into this, what all these people really fear the most is the fact that Southern culture would be really popular if they didn't try to beat it down all the time. It was really popular in the 70s, and they can't stand it. They can't stand that time period. What they don't get is that if Southerners, if they couldn't go on a constant barrage of epithets and name-calling and everything else on Southern culture, it would be, again, the dominant thing in America, and all of their little left-wing dreams would be crushed. That's what would happen. So they have to attack it. They have to beat it down. They have to call it names. Well, you're not sophisticated if you listen to this. You've got bad feelings, bad thoughts if you listen to this. You're a wrong-thinking person if you listen to this and you like it. What they also don't realize is that when people like this song and they read this, it just makes them like it even more. So let me read this. He says, Right-wing influencers are losing their minds over a new country song that just appeared on streaming services today. Immediately, they have to go on the offensive against it. It, just, it was released on August 11th. They're going on the offensive on August 11th. Now, the thing has been viewed millions of times on YouTube. I don't know. I don't have the current numbers for it. But it's, I mean, it's, it's taken off. And I'm not going to play it here or any of the other Hank Williams song I'm going to cover today. Because that, of course, would mean to where I, it, it would cause problems for blocking. But it's amazing how this song took off. Rich Men North of Richmond is a passionate screed against the state of the country sung by Oliver Anthony, who identifies as a farmer. Identifies, he identifies as a farmer. <laughs> He's not a farmer. He identifies as a farmer. So I guess we can just, you know, we identify as, he, Joseph Hudak identifies as a writer. He's not really a writer. He identifies as a writer. I mean, think about how stupid these people really are. Uh, but it's a screed. Now notice, using the term screed, this is subtle, but it's a screed. It's not a song that has any substance to it. It's not a song that has any truth to it. It's just a screed. Now would they say the same thing about some left-wing stupidity? Some ridiculous left-wing stupidity that comes out on, on, on uh, platforms all the time. They wouldn't do it. It would be hip. It would be cool. It would be uh, perceptive. It wouldn't be a screed. But this is a screed. You see? You see the subtlety. This is what they do. He identifies as a farmer. 
living off the grid with his three dogs in Farmville, Virginia. In a video Anthony posted to YouTube earlier this month, he says he started writing songs in 2021 after he wasted a lot of time, a lot of nights getting high and drunk. Raw, solo songs with titles like I've Got to Get Sober and Ain't Got a Dollar helped cultivate a small following. But it was the recently released performance video of Rich Men North of Richmond, in which the red-bearded Anthony performs the song on a resonator guitar in a field with a deer blind behind him. A deer blind. Not a deer stand. A deer blind. <laughs> this is just so funny. He's got a deer blind. It would be a duck blind or a deer stand. See, even when these people try to make sense, they don't. A deer blind. <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, a resonator. This, this is his guitar, right? I mean, you look at all of his songs on YouTube, he's playing the same guitar. Doesn't matter where he is, he's got his guitar. It's like he picked this out as a prop. Again, this is what they're trying to make you think. This is like a little prop. He really just identifies as a farmer. He's not really that. This is all for show. These people don't think anyone's authentic. They don't think Oliver Anthony is authentic. He's just some guy that decided to go out and stand in the woods with a deer stand. Or, I'm sorry, a deer blind. Deer blind. A deer blind. <laughs> and, um, and play a guitar. That caught the attention of conservative personalities like singer John Rich and commentators Don, Dan Bongino and Matt Walsh. The only reason they picked it up is because there were people like this person who follows me. I'm not going to say his name just to protect the innocent, but he started sharing this around. And then other accounts who are very pro-Southern picked it up. And then, of course, they have a pretty big following. And some of these other people saw it, too. The main reason this song resonates with so many people isn't political. It's because the song is raw and authentic. We are suffocated by our artificiality, tweeted Walsh, vowing to promote any album Anthony releases on all of my platforms. Again, Matt Walsh doesn't even get it. He does, I mean, he, he thinks it's authentic, and it is, right? This is an authentic song. Oliver Anthony is an authentic person. I think he really means what he says. But he doesn't really get the core of it. None of these people will. Now, John Rich might. John Rich might. Uh, why is you know someone like Chris Stapleton so popular? He is authentic. But he also speaks of something else, too. And it's this deeper Jeffersonianism in America. That's what makes these people so popular. It's that populism of it. So then, Hudak, who identifies as a writer, says this. A look at the lyrics, however, may suggest another reason why rich men north of Richmond is appealing to right-wing influencers. Anthony rails against high taxes and the value of the dollar, but also weighs into some Reagan-era talking points about welfare. Reagan-era talking points about welfare. You see, I'm not even sure Oliver Anthony was alive during the Reagan era. And he's grown up in an area, West, he lived in western North Carolina, he lived in Virginia, where you have a lot of people on welfare and public assistance. And he sees it. And I think this is some people have pointed out. He sees it. He sees what, what happens there. He sees what it does.
And the value of the dollar, of course, we'll talk about that with, with uh, Hank Williams Jr. and where some of this you know, historical trends with this kind of music. This very Jeffersonian, but more importantly, Southern flair. Northerners can't write this stuff, and they don't. It's not authentic. It's not real. And again, the reason that Hudak, who identifies as a writer, would have to put this down is because if this stuff ever became popular, no one would listen to people like Hudak, who identifies as a writer. So the lyrics, Lord, we got folks on the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the, beast, the obese milking welfare, he sings, well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bag of fudge rounds. And of course, that really upset people. That really upset the left because that what you're talking about there to them. See, that's a race. What they're saying, this is a dog whistle. This is about race. It's about race, but it's not. In fact, I think the, the data points out that most of the people on public assistance are white, the majority, in places like Appalachia. Now, Farmville is not in Appalachia, but you've got some very poorer areas of the South that have a lot of people on welfare that don't have, uh, that are mostly white. I mean, this is the case. The real head-turner, though, is an apparent allusion to Jeffrey Epstein's Caribbean Island, where the billionaire and convicted sex offender allegedly introduced underage girls to powerful associates. I wish politicians would look out for minors and not just minors on an island somewhere. Minors with, you know, the, the coal miners and not just minors on an island somewhere. Uh, the head-turner, the real head-turner, you see... Hudak, who identifies as a writer, doesn't like this because this is alleged, allegedly, well, allegedly nothing. It's been, <laughs> it's been proven. Allegedly nothing. This has all been proven. But Hudak can't get that, right? In his straight-to-camera introduction video, Anthony, who according to a post on YouTube, cites Hank Williams Jr., no stranger to political songs, as his biggest influence. Says he sits pretty dead center on down the aisle on politics and always have, and it seems like both sides serve the same master, and that master is not someone of any good to the people of this country. Now, again, Hudak doesn't, doesn't like that. Hudak doesn't like that. But what he's calling out there, and of course, there was, they link to their own article on this, which gets into uh, people like George Wallace. That idea that there's a uniparty against the people. That's been a very popular trend in America for a long time. In fact, going back to the 19th century, I mentioned Andrew Jackson at the beginning of the show. Now look, Andrew Jackson did some things really wrong with nullification and secession. He was way wrong on those issues. But the appeal of Jackson was the outsider against the establishment, the outsider against the elites. That was Jackson's appeal. When you go back and you look at, for example, uh, after the war is over, I'm a good old rebel. What was that about? It was a song of defiance. And you see, Rich Men North of Richmond is a song of defiance. It has you know some good little turns of the word like there, turn of a phrase, like miners and not miners. It's great. Rich Men North of Richmond. And he, he plays that off in the song very well. The song is very well put together. I will say that. The hooks are good. It'll get stuck in your head. It's good. It's a good little tune. Uh, and you can see the Hank Williams influence in it. And of course, Rolling Stone picks out some songs that really don't share the same kind of cultural critique that Rich Men North of Richmond does. This is a cultural critique, 
not an economic critique, not a political critique, but a cultural critique. He calls himself, you know, an old soul in it. That's the thing. He calls himself, he identifies not as a farmer, but as an old soul. How does someone who is very traditional fit in this modern world? That's a question that people have been asking for decades. Really, again, going back, if you want to look at popular music, back to the 70s when the South was popular. That was the whole point. That's what appealed, you know, Leonard Skinner. He's got a cover, one of his, um, of his tunes he's got on his channel is a cover of uh, Curtis Lowe. He, he likes Skinner. He likes this old 70s Southern rock. 70s Southern music. This is, this is what these people are afraid of at Rolling Stone and everywhere else. That that's going to come back. That that's going to be popular. That that kind of authentic Southern critique of American society will come back and become very popular and they won't be able to control it because all of their epithets and name calling and everything else won't work. It didn't in the 70s at all. This stuff was still out there. But people just said, yeah, forget you. We don't care. And I think you can see the pendulum swinging back. I mean, they've gone out and done things like, I mean, look, tearing down monuments, renaming everything, all of this stuff. They've gone on the cultural offensive. And they want to suppress it. They want to eliminate it. They want to eradicate it because that speaks to them of defiance. I talked about that a long time ago in an article that was in Time Magazine on the State Song of Maryland, Maryland, My Maryland. What they didn't like about it, what the idiot who wrote the piece didn't like, is that it was a song of defiance. It spit in their face. Their worldview was being challenged, and they don't like that. These Remember, these are the woke authoritarians. It's a particular type of American, a Yankee. They don't want to be challenged in any way by anything that they don't like. And when you do, they try to destroy it. So it's going to... They're, they're going to try to destroy Oliver Anthony. They already did with this piece. They'll do something else to try to destroy the guy. I actually feel bad for him. They're going to come after him pretty hard. He's not going to be as vanilla. And who knows, maybe they'll get him to back down or say something else or try to explain it away. I hope he really does stick to his guns and say, no, nah, this is really what I think. Because he would gain even more fans by doing that. But he's right about... There's not a dime's worth of difference between each party. You have the establishment party. You have the you have the swamp. The rich men north of Richmond, he's talking about Washington, D.C., but more than anything else, he's talking about northerners. Now, let's get into, the again, the historical stuff here. And a couple of songs by Hank Williams Jr. And if you haven't heard these, you need to go out and listen to them because uh, the, Rolling Stone, let me, the Rolling Stone piece pointed out uh, other songs like... Um, uh, I've got rights that the South would have won and don't give us a reason and keep the change. But those aren't the real cultural critiques. There's two songs, in, three songs, I should say, in particular that were produced in the late 70s that were really good with pointing out what was happening in America at the time and would make people just, I mean, go berserk on the left today. This is why they're so good. And you need to, to hear these songs I know when I've, when I've mentioned Hank Williams Jr. at conferences before and some of the lyrics, people are familiar with, you know, Country Boy Can Survive and some of these things. They're familiar with some of the hits, but they don't, they're not familiar with these songs. Um, like, 
the new South. You know, the new South is still the same, and I'm so glad of it. I don't want old little old Danish rolls. I must have ham and grits. I mean, some of these songs are really good, but there's three in particular I want to first. So the first is the American Way, uh, and this is such a a, a fun song. Uh, there's a really funny line in it, and I mean, it's <laughs> you mentioned Oliver Anthony and and obesity, but he has it in this song too which I find interesting. If Anthony says that he's been influenced by Williams, you can see it. I could, As soon as I listen to the lyrics, I could see Hank Williams in it. But the first, first stanza of the song, if you fly in from Birmingham, you'll get the last gate. If you blew in from Boston, no, you sure won't have to wait. I mean, think about that, right? If you fly in from Birmingham, you're going to get the last gate. But if you come in from Boston, you don't have to wait for anything. What's that? The North Men north of Richmond. Right, so Birmingham, Alabama, well, they're going to be put aside. Always a scapegoat, always the problem. Alabama's always got to be singled out as where the bad stuff is. Oliver Anthony, Virginia, that's the bad stuff. But if you're in Boston, you're the good guy. If you got the money, and he says, and I'm learning a little more every day about the power of the dollar, the people with white collars, and the good old American way. Now, that's a social critique. He's not saying Northerners, but but he is pointing out there's an American and there's a Southern way, too. Subtly, this is what Hank Williams Jr. is differentiating here. There's American and there's Southern. <laughs> you see? I've noticed I don't get much help when I, they see my blue jeans. Some slick with a suit walks up. Oh, can I help you, please? Yes, I'm learning as I gain a little age. But the power of the dollar and the people with white collars and the good old American way. Show up in his blue jeans. Oh, no help. Guy walks up in a suit. Oh, can I help you, please? And I'm learning. As I gain a little age, it's a great tune. And this is the part, you know, the, it's a little bit indelicate. But, you know, some high society lady says, is your horse outside? No, ma'am, he's between my legs, but you're too fat to ride. And you're learning a little more about my ways. And what I think about your dollar and your white collar and your good old American way. Right? This is a populist song. It's sticking it to New Englanders, Yankees. It's an anti-Yankee song. It's really good and it's funny. Right? Um, then the, the other one that I think is just tremendous is Dinosaur, which is just a great song. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and it's a it's a cultural critique coming out of the 70s. What Williams is doing, and essentially what Oliver Anthony is doing too, he's saying, you know, there's normal people, and then what we're being told is normal. What you've got is people normalizing what they think to be abnormal and grotesque behavior. So you've got people that are saying, well, I mean, we can't even say this stuff anymore. That's really what people like Hudak, who identifies as a writer, is worried about. Again, this is the kind of stuff they're worried about. Hey man, they ain't hide-heeled sneakers, and they sure don't look like cowboy boots. And that ain't rock and roll you're playing, and sure ain't country or rhythm and blues. You're singing a song about making love to your drummer. Well, gay guitar pickers don't turn me on, and we don't all get down to Donna Summer. Do you happen to know any old Hank Williams songs? Again, this is <laughs> this is the late 70s, so he's talking about disco and some of the cultural trends at the time. And he's saying this is this is weird, right? This is strange stuff. Because you see, I'm a dinosaur. 
Williams calls himself a dinosaur, just like Anthony says, I'm an old soul, right? You're a dinosaur. I should have died out a long time before. Have pity on a dinosaur. Hand me my hat. Excuse me, man. But where's the door? I mean, it's a great critique of what was happening in the late 70s. Williams could already see it, right? Wait, something's happening here culturally. Things are changing. They're not playing rock and roll. We're not playing country. We're not playing rhythm and blues. I don't know what the heck this stuff is. And it's got these weird lyrics in it. And we're not, we're not into that. Uh, we're going to call it weird and abnormal. And we're just going to leave, right? And, and that's what Oliver Anthony is doing, too. This stuff is strange, and this is why people like it, because it, it oh, yeah, it verifies, hey, there's somebody else that thinks this way, and it's popular, and it's okay to think this way. You're told all the time it's not. That's what the point of the Rolling Stone article. It's not okay to think this way. You shouldn't think this way. Don't think this way. That's bad. Don't think this way. And that's going to be, but what happens, and I think what they're not going to realize, is that as they do that more and more, people are going to say, no, I, because you want me to think the other way, I'm going to think this way. You see? And then the the last one is I'm Tired of Being Johnny B. Good, which is a just a, a great little song. Um, and this really has more political stuff to it than anything else. Uh, but he says, I don't like instant iced tea and I ain't crazy about dollar, a gallon service gasoline. A dollar a gallon self-service gasoline, excuse me. So he doesn't like instant IT. He's not crazy about a dollar a gallon self-service gasoline. Used to be, I mean, people don't realize this, but full service used to be the thing. And a dollar a gallon was a lot when this came out, right? I mean, they were talking about the the energy crisis. So now, what would you say about $3.30 a gallon or more, $4 or $5 a gallon gasoline, self-service gasoline? They nearly broke me with the high price of beef, and the funny thing is, they think they're putting this over on me. High, we're talking about inflation, high gas prices, high beef prices. I've always been an upstanding citizen, but I'm getting fed up now, my friends. And if you don't understand what I've said, I'm tired of being Johnny B. Good, and I'm gonna be Johnny Reb. Yeah, I'm gonna be Johnny Reb because I don't believe everything I've seen and read. And I work like hell just to keep a roof in a bed. I'm tired of Johnny being, being Johnny be good. I'm going to be Johnny Reb. So again, there's a lot of similarities with Oliver Anthony here, right? We've got a dollar that's not worth anything. we got a dollar. You don't get paid enough. You work like crazy just to pay for the high price of beef and the gasoline just to keep a roof in a bed. And you're tired of this. Now again, what's happened to all this stuff? Well, it's been suppressed. And people think, and this is the beauty about Anthony or some of the critique where it doesn't feel, factor into the way we think about modern politics, right? Because the response would be, well, we vote better. We just got to vote better, get the, get the better people. But what Anthony is saying is the Richmond North, they're all the same. Voting better has gotten you nothing. That's kind of the George Wallace trend in all this. Voting better gets you nothing. It just gets you another establishment. Just gets you somebody else in the establishment that's going to make the same kind of decision. So what do you do? Well, you think locally, act locally. For Anthony, he's got his farm, and he wants to just be on his farm, live in Virginia, and do that. I mean, that's kind of pulling up the drawbridges and say, the whole world can go around down around me. But what you can also do, and this is where you get into things like nullification and federalism and decentralization, you've got to take Richmond and make Richmond take it to Washington, D.C. Now, in Virginia, that's going to be tough. 
because Richmond's under control of a lot of people from Northern Virginia now. That's going to be hard. And unfortunately, you got people like Glenn Youngkin, who's not very good at that. And he backs down very quickly, because Glenn Youngkin is one of them. People don't realize about Glenn Youngkin. I see him being floated around now a lot, but, well, we're going to have Glenn Youngkin run. Well, that's going to be bad. Williams says, the country's getting in kind of bad shape when the gasoline profits are up, up and away, and I can barely live on my take-home pay. There's a whole lot of people that agree to what I say. Don't tell me to ride a bus and turn down my thermostat when you're all running around in jets and Cadillacs. The, nor- the rich men north of Richmond. Right? You got the working class, blue collar kind of stuff. This is what he's getting at. This is, this is where there's a lot of similarities in it. I, why I think Anthony's song resonates so much. I think that Hudak, who identifies as a writer, is correct about that. There is something deeper to it, but he just doesn't even see how deep it is. He doesn't really see what's happening. He thinks of it as Reagan era welfare politics. It's just stupid. But there is something deeper to this. It's an old Jeffersonian critique of big banks, big business, big government all getting together. That's what Jefferson was worried about. That's what John Taylor of Caroline was worried about. It's what John Randolph of Roanoke was worried about. So all these people were worried about. The critique really was the 1860s when there was saying, we're, we're out, right? We're just not going to be part of this anymore. You can have your country. We'll have our country. We're just going to go along. Northerners couldn't stand it. It was Northern imperialism that foisted themselves on the rest and said, you got to live like us. And then, of course, there have been reactions to this. The 1930s, you had the Southern Literary Renaissance, which was a reaction to it. 1970s, you have the Southern Musical Renaissance, a reaction to it. And all the while, you have this affinity for people that had, uh, in the mind of the North, rebelled against their rule. How dare they rebel against us? we got to crush that too. See, all this is a larger plan. It's a cultural annihilation in many ways. It's got to go away. And when people assert themselves and people love it, you got to tell them they're wrong and they're hicks and they're hayseeds and they don't know what they're talking about. This is bad stuff. It's no good. They don't know what they're doing. But the best part about entirely being Johnny Be Good, and I'll leave it with this. Yeah, we're going to be Johnny Rebs because we don't believe everything we've seen and read. It's the best line of the whole song. We don't believe everything we've seen and read. We don't believe who that. We don't believe these people. We don't believe they're telling us the truth. We don't believe this stuff. And when they lose their legitimacy, they lose their ability to control the narrative. And that's what they're afraid of with Oliver Anthony. That's why you should like the song. Uh, and why I hope he you know, sells millions of these things. People buy it. People make him money. And he doesn't change. And he just keeps wanting to sing about Virginia and sitting on his back porch because that's what makes him real. All right. See you next time on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.